sure? Ready for the what? Are you sure about that? Ready for the what? Oh, somebody says, let's say this together, our Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ. There is no confusion. There is no contradictions in this atmosphere. We behold you as we see ourselves in him. Your name alone is glorified. And we are edified. Amen. Amen. Not sound like you mean it. Amen. Amen. All right. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. We're starting a new series this morning. Beyond church attendance. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say beyond church attendance. Beyond church. not sound like you mean it. Beyond church attendance. All right. I'll just take this series for like two weeks. I mean, this week and next week and um, we'll be done. I want us to study... Um, so a few things around the gifts of the Spirit later this month and um, later this month into the ending of the month. So we're going to look more into those questions you have around thongs, those questions you have around interpretation of thongs, those questions you have around um, those questions you have around prophecy. You know, can all believers prophesy um, um, thongs, interpretation of thongs? How is it done? Those perplexing questions around it. Why does the vocabulary of thongs sound the way it is? Why does, um, you know, just perplexity of questions that you should have that I had when I was also younger. Um, you know, when I was much younger, I heard my mom speak in thongs and my mom felt like thongs was not for me because I was a disobedient child, which I should not be. <laughs> but... Uh, so, when I started speaking in tongues, I just felt like my tongues did not sound like my mother's own. So, am I speaking a fake tongue? So, everybody now started saying, is there something like a fake tongue? Is there something like that? The way before the ending of this month, we'll study it. Amen. You ready for that? Alright. But let's do beyond church attendance this morning. Amen. Alright, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, it says, And Jesus came... And speak unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And it says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Now, this was Jesus' instruction to the disciples upon the resurrection. And Jesus didn't tell his disciples and say, Go and build houses, which you should build. Go to school, which you should go. Um, go and make money, which you should make money. Upon the resurrection, the final instruction he gave to them is go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, and with you always, even unto the end of the world. So now Jesus, upon the resurrection, instructed the disciples to make disciples, to teach people. So a believer who doesn't preach the gospel can be found as a disobedient believer. A believer who isn't found in the work of preaching, teaching, sharing the gospel, is not acting on Jesus' instruction. In Mark 16, look to Mark 16, Mark's account. In Mark 16, it said, in Mark 16, verse 15, the same instruction again, just in a different language. It says, I said unto them, in Mark 16, verse 15, Go ye unto the world, 
preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. It says, and this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up deadly serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, they shall not hurt them. It says, they shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. Verse 19, it says, so then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And in verse 20, look at it. Let's read the verse 20 together. One to ready, go. And went forth. No, it's just few of us that is reading. Let's read one to go. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them, confirming the world with signs following. He says, they went forth everywhere. They obeyed the instructions. And I say it this way. Jesus left the gospel in the hands of 12 guys. 12 guys, and those 12 people have reached us in Rochester today. If those guys, or let's say 11, because I mean, Judas Iscariot hung himself, but there was, there was still a replacement anyway. But just imagine, those 12 guys didn't take full responsibility and accountability for the gospel. Christianity, or let's say, the gospel wouldn't have spread as far as it has spread today. There will still be areas and you see you know the funniest thing about christianity a lot of people think christianity is growing as much as it should grow yes it is but do you know that in the last couple of years according to statistics islam has has more conversion than christians i don't know if you know that yeah according to according to statistics islam has more than three millions more than three million conversion right from the pandemic downwards than Christians. And you're wondering, oh, but all my friends are Christian. That's because you have a myopic view of Christianity. You just felt like everybody around you are saved and all of those things. So you don't know, you're not looking towards the outside world and all of those things. But there seems to be a decline in the, and that's because people are not doing evangelism anymore. Missionaries, what of missions? Are we still praying for missionaries that are still in the places they ought to be? They ought to be, you know, people are being, missionaries everywhere are being killed. Christians are being persecuted. But you see, how will the word of God grow is by preaching. The word of God cannot grow by us just gathering ourselves in church every Sunday. It's going to grow by us preaching the gospel. So that means every believer, and Jesus gave us that responsibility. Every believer has a responsibility to preach the gospel. Say, I have a responsibility to preach the gospel. So, as you are seated here, as far as you are a Christian, if there's one assignment that God left you with outside your natural job, occupation, your school, your um, natural activities, your business, if there's any instruction Jesus gave you, is that you should preach the gospel. So ask your neighbor, let's do something under two minutes. Did you preach the gospel this week? Let's do that. I want, to, I want an interaction. Did you preach the gospel this week? Let's have a chit chat. Did you preach the gospel this week? Or did you disobey? Did you preach the gospel? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, let's ask. Did you preach the gospel? Let's have a conversation. Hallelujah. You know, amen. You know, the answer is very direct. Is it that a yes?
But when you are doing bots, it means you did not preach. When you are doing, um, when you are doing, ah, you know, I was so busy with this, I was just too, you, know, you did not preach. So go back again, yes or no? Did you preach the gospel? Let's, let's have a conversation. <laughs> All those stories you are saying is too long. Yeah. What's that? No, it doesn't count. <laughs> What's up status does not count. <laughs> you have to talk. <laughs> Is that what? Working from home? You, you did, after work from home, you go to Walmart. <laughs> you go to Walmart. You go preach. You go talk to people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And I'm a preacher of the I'm gospel. Because that's our history. That's, our, that's the only thing Christ told us to do. He didn't tell us to, to kill somebody. He didn't tell us to fight for him. He didn't tell us to fight wars today. He just told us to preach the gospel. You know, America is having an election this year. And some people are praying, Lord, Lord, Lord. Give us the leader we want. Okay. If the Lord really choose the leader we want, why are we voting? Why do you have to vote? <laughs> I mean, you know, you've you got to vote rather wisely, right? But you see, look at something. It's to show you that that's not God's responsibility. That's man's responsibility. The person that will be the next president of America already knows himself. Because his politics, they know how they do it in their own world. You are just here, just voting. They know what they are doing and how to get their results done. They know who is next to take the battle. We were thinking that Michelle Obama would contest and everything. They said, no, it's going to be Biden. And that's how Biden came. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, that's not his responsibility. God's responsibility is that you preach the gospel. That's all. Hallelujah. All right, so let's go to 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. 1 Timothy 3, 15. We said we are studying church beyond the thing. 1 Timothy 3, 15. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. It says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. So he says, but if I thoroughly long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave, thy serving the house of God, which is the church of God and the pillar of truth. That means there is an how to behave in a church. There is an how to behave in a local church. A local church isn't a place where people just come and do things anyhow. The nomenclature of a local church now in today's world is gradually beginning to change, but the pattern of the scriptures must not change. Now today, we have people who say you can just watch a service online. That's not true. You only watch people serve God online. Because those people are obeying the instructions of the scriptures in Hebrews 10 verse 25. It says, forsaking not the assemblies of the believers. You can't stay at home covering your duvet and say you are a service. No, you only watched people serve God. You only watched the camera 
of people lift their hands and bless God. You only watch people do that. That gathering and the fellowship itself is a church. The gathering that you woke up this morning, that you dressed up, that you drove your car, that you packed the car and came to service, it means you obeyed an instruction. Tell your neighbor, say, you did a good job by coming this morning. No, you're not saying like you mean it. So these are things you're going to be rewarded for because this, I'm not trying to preach you good, but I'm just telling you, you've done a good job by coming. Because by fellowshipping with people and staying in the assembly is church. That is the definition of church. Church is not, so people today now, uh, they just say, we'll just watch a service online. You know, they don't need to go to the service. I'll just stream the service on YouTube. That's not church. That can't be church. You just sit down in your house. In fact, a yogurt is in the front of you, a juice, and a chips with your Bible. So as the service, as the someone, as the preacher is preaching, you're just chewing the chips, sun chips. You're just eating sun chips, <laughs> and drinking water, or drinking juice, and you're just watching and say, wow, deep. Mm. But if you are in the garden, you will not have eaten sun chips. I remember saying that if you are in the church, local church, physical assembly, you will not have eaten some chips. Then as the service is going on, you are pressing your phone, you are there. But you know if you are in church, even if you are pressing your phone, you are hiding it. You are hiding to press the phone. Because you know it's wrong. I don't know if you get what I'm saying, but at home you just, you just put on your TV and say, wow, all these people. Ah, like, and you say, mm, deep, you take note again. That's not church. Hallelujah. That you sat down this morning, you prayed, we worshipped God together, we, we are serving God together. That is church. Hallelujah. So church, the one, one thing you need to understand is church is a family. Tell your neighbor, say church is a family. Like I said, this is a short exhortation this morning just to give us an understanding of of why you come to church. I have the sermon I'm preparing and I'm going to teach it in maybe next year on um, the supernatural community church. That's what I want to call the title. The supernatural community church, but not now. This one is still church beyond attendance. Hallelujah. Now, church is a family. You don't attend the family, right? I mean, imagine you're having a family group meeting. And you say, oh, and they are inviting you to a family, to your family meeting. They don't invite you. Your mom just calls you. I don't even know that. Even my mom can call me. Sometimes my mom calls me service time. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Eh, but even though you are a pastor, she be like, I'm still your mother. <laughs> and I'm like, please have service. Are you getting what I'm saying? Church is a family. You don't attend the family. You belong to a family. You don't attend the family. You belong to a family. And that's why the nomenclature that we call ourselves in church from the scripture is brother and sister. Because church is a family. I am your brother and I'm also yours as and you are my sister. <laughs> you know, these days now you have to be careful of 
the nomenclatures you are using. You know, you know, these are the days of he, him, they, she, theirs, no gender, everything. And so you don't even know if somebody is a brother, if somebody is really a sister again. You don't even know. So you just have to ask, please, are you a brother? <laughs> are you a sister? You know, you don't know. I mean, what the devil is working over time, man. I'm telling you, he's really working. Well, if I can, I literally can clap for the devil, like, ah, uh ah, -uh. yeah, yeah. You know, about five, ten years ago, we don't have it this crazy. We don't have it this crazy where you, you, whose gender, even if it was prevalent, it was not as prevalent as now, where every school now has uh, a um, an organization for it. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Literally, almost every department, even at work, has an organization now for it that accommodates it. Because it's now, it's, not, it has, it's becoming a norm. But that's not my sermon today. Our sermon is the local church, not identity. <laughs> we'll look at identity later. Amen. Alright, so church is a family. You don't attend a family. You belong to a family. You see in Philemon 2, Paul spoke to that person as a brother. So brother and sister is not a title, it's a nomenclature. It's just like when I grew up in a traditional home, and the Yoruba culture is quite traditional, such that an elder brother or an elder sister, you call the person brother this. I don't know if you had that culture in your son. Yeah, okay. You say brother this, sister this, right? I mean, America, I don't think they have that culture. You just say names. You just call anybody, hey, hey you. <laughs> you know, but I grew up where you refer to your older siblings or your elder siblings as brother. Even your sister, you say, this is my sister. This is my brother. Even in the family, you say, this is my sister, this is my brother, this is my cousin, this is my uncle. So it's not a title. It's just the way we address one another. You see in Romans 16 verse 2, Romans 16 2, you know, I like to explain things properly for you in scriptures. Look at it, Romans 16 2. It says, um, or let's start from verse 1. It says, I commend you, Phoebe, our sister. Look at it in verse 1. It says, Phoebe, our sister. Look at the way Paul said it. Does, is Phoebe Paul's biological sister? No. It, she's just, look at, what, look, at, look, at, look at her role. She says, which is a servant of the church, which is a central. That means she's a, so if I see it, even if they're not in supernatural community church, as far as they are born again, they are Christians, I can refer to them as a brother. I can refer to them as a sister. Sometimes I go to some conferences and I don't even know them. And they just greet me and say, hey, we've seen your post. Hey, we've seen this. I say, hey, good morning, brother. Good morning, sister. You know, it's just, it's not, and some people don't like the title. I've seen places where you call people brother in church. And they say, don't call me brother. Don't call me brother. Call me doctor. <laughs> you, know, you know, a lot of people like titles. Say, call me doctor, call me nurse, call me BM, Pope, call me farmer, call me um, eh? prof, call me mini, mini, ministerial, rev, Pope, prophetess. You know, in, in Nigeria, there's some people that call themselves prophetess, doctor, apostle. They will not mention their name. <laughs> People like titles, so. <laughs> so, they, so they call me engineer. No, we don't call people like that in church. That's not, we can, as far as we enter this building, 
and we call ourselves as family. It's just like at home. It's just like at home now. Let's say your normal family at home. You are calling your brother, engineer, engineer Egbo, this. Are you are you getting what I'm saying? You know you don't do that. You will say brother this, right? You address yourself with the nomenclature of the family, right? The other titles you pick it up at your job. But some people, because of pride, they don't like the brother. I've, I've been in churches where I've even pastored, and they don't. No, I don't like that. All oh, this brother you're calling me is too holy. I'm a doctor. Just say doctor this. So everybody in the church will call you doctor this. No, not not here anyway. We're not going to do that here. Hallelujah. I mean, we, we, I teach you, every one of you to be very hardworking, to go far, to, to, be, to, be, to, be, to, to, to get highest degree, to go all the way. But we are not going to refer to you in the church. And when you get to your job, they will call you whatever they call you. But in church, you are a brother, you are a sister. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Even if it is a president that comes in here, brother Biden. Yes. <laughs> Where did he think he was coming to? Yes. Bro, by, bro Biden. Bro Joe. Yeah. We won't say president. Mm -mm. When, you, when we come outside, president side, <laughs> your excellency. But when we're in church, bro, sis, sis what's his wife's name? Say, um, what's first lady? Sister Jill. Sister Jill. Hey, simple. No. No ambiguity. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we are brothers and sisters. Say your neighbor say we are brothers and sisters. Uh, are you happy with that? Does it does it do you look happy with that? Uh, even if you're not happy, you don't have a choice. <laughs> look at the second Peter 3.15. Look at how they address Peter. Look at how they address Paul. Second Peter 3.15. Second Peter 3.15. It says, and the account of our lost suffering. Of the Lord is salvation, and our beloved brother Paul. That's how Paul Peter referred to Paul. He says, Our beloved brother Paul. So we are a family. We are members of the same family. If you are an elder in the church, we'll treat you like one. Because in First Timothy 5, go to First Timothy 5. If you are an elder, we're going to respect you properly, but we will not start respecting you as it as um a strong. Look at it in verse 1 Timothy 5, verse 1. It says, Rebuke not an elder, but treat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren. In verse 2, it says, The elder woman as mother, and the younger sisters with all their purity. Or not widows that are widows indeed. So we we'll respect you. We will put a bit of a respect to you. But that is all it is to it. We are all a family. We are all a family. So if I call you brother... If I call you a sister, it's because I honor Jesus. My calling you brother and sister is honor to Jesus. He gives glory to Jesus. In Acts 27, 1 Corinthians 11, you will see all of those things. So in a family, what did they do in a family? They share food together. In Acts 2, Favor was reading that to us when she was leading prayer. In Acts 2, let's go to Acts 2. Acts 2. Acts 2 verse 42, it says, They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayer. So they share food. They share the things they had in common because we are a family. So back then, how did they do church? 
they share. So it's like saying when you come to church now, they share the word of God. They pray together because if you read that, if you read read down, it says they continue to facilitate their book, apostles, judging fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. So they will pray together, and after service they will eat together. Why? Because in the early apostles' time, what do they have? Church was in their house. In the first 300 years of the church world, they didn't have a single structure of a church building. So what did they do? Churches meet in houses. Why? To bring that communal gathering. That is why, if you go to Romans 16 again, go to Romans 16. Look at, look at how Paul was talking in Romans 16. I'm giving you a brief of an history now. So, church was not a physical building like this, where people come to a place, and they had it at earlier times, but in the first 300 years of the church, they didn't have it. So, how were they meeting? Look at in that Romans 16. Look at how Paul was talking to them. He says, which is the servant of the church, greet them. But look at in verse 5, or look at in, um, look at, um, Look at um, verse. Look at in verse three. It says, "Greet Apelia and Susila, who are my helpers in Christ, whom I've had my life laid down, and but also of the churches of the Gentile. Likewise, greet. Look at what he now says in verse five. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. That's why you will see the letters that Paul will write to the churches, and you will see them telling them to the church in the house of this person." So they gathered. So that means they opened up their houses, like saying, this sister here opens up her house for all of us to come in for a church. That thing that people call house fellowship. You know, that's where they got those cultures of house fellowship. It's a very good culture. It's a very, very, very great thing. But the reason why it doesn't seem much prominent today is because now we have a physical building. People now have cell meetings and have all of those things. But everybody has a church and somewhere it belongs to. So let me tell you how they do it. It's like saying, if they ask you, maybe, uh, who's church? Well, you're a brother, you're, you're a Christian. Oh, yeah. Which, which fellowship or which house do you belong to? I belong to, the, I belong to Sister Haywise house. This their house I meet for that family. Are you seeing it? So they will pray together as a family. They will break bread together. They will share the word of God and they will share food. How about that? Sharing food after service. <laughs> so say, Pastor, I like that. <laughs> no, not now. <laughs> now, so they will do all of those things together because that is the communal gathering. But what was the essence of that? And that is why it seems as though, so that's why the, that Lost Supper came in. So they would do Lost Supper. A lot of people think Lost Supper is about, uh, it's different. the Lost Supper is different from the Passover. The Lost Supper is where they come together and they eat. What's the Lost Supper? Lost Supper is not, uh, um, uh, not that what they would, they would do soliloquy of, um, Maria. No, that's not that's not Lord's Supper. Lord's Supper just simply means they will share food together like a love feast. Like I remember some I remember some years ago where, where I went to I went to a church and they were doing love feast, like saying, You bring rice, me I'll bring 
palm oil so we, we can exchange rice and palm oil. So, and I went to another church where we have to cook the food. So, if you cook rice, somebody else will cook stew, somebody else will cook plantain, somebody else will cook um, lasagna, somebody else will cook. So, everybody will bring it together, we we'll all share the food together. That's Lost Supper. Uh, so, that's not only communion. Co communion simply, in fact, we do communion every Sunday. What we are doing now is communion. Praying together, sharing the word of God together, listening to the word together, worshipping God together. That's communion. I have a series on only communion. You can listen to it. It will clarify all of those things to you. So, what do they do? They come together and they now share. Now, look at what now happened in 1 Corinthians 11. I want you to follow me carefully. I'm giving you a bit of background. So that you will know that church is beyond attendance. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, church is beyond attendance. Alright, look at it in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17. I want all of us to go there so that we'll read it together. 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. Now, look at it in verse 7. Let's start from verse 17. Are we there? Are we there? If you're there, say Amen. Okay, okay. So now, in this I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. But first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there are division among you, and I partly believe it. It says, for there some were heresies and all of those things. Look at it, verse 20. It says, when ye come together therefore in a place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. That is, they are coming together is not majorly for food. In essence, for in eating, everyone take it before the other, his own supper. So you see that this is not only communion, where they will just, this, con, this one is, this cannot be only communion, where you are taking before another person now. It says, and, your, and one is hungry and the other is drunken. So that means, you know, you cannot take communion and get drunk. You know, that, that small bottle cannot get you drunk now. It shows you that they really were eating and drinking. So it's like saying, a love feast like this, somebody quickly come. You know, maybe they arrange the food and all of us are praying upstairs. Then we now say it's time for food. One person just some people just went downstairs, boom, and pack food and pack food and pack food. I think America has that culture of when you are lined up and serve yourself and serve yourself well with common sense. Don't make the food finish. I don't even know that culture, you just be doing there, take your plate and just be taking there was a day. Let me tell you my own story. Should I tell you? Should I not tell you? <laughs> I will tell you. So there was a day. This was when I first nearly came to America. So I just thought that. So they were serving food. And so it's like everybody serve yourself, all of those things. So in my mind, I just felt, ah, I'm very hungry. Thank God you serve yourself. So I can pack as much as I want. So and there was a queue at my back. So I didn't care. So I just took <laughs> the portions that I would have eaten at home. <laughs> <laughs> that I already did I do. I just discovered that everybody was looking at me with these strange eyes. <laughs> but me, I didn't care. <laughs> you know, but I would do it again now. Anyway, I think I've learned the culture now of being decent in eating. Are you getting what I'm saying? But so that's what happened here, where one person eats. So Paul was not saying, ah, ah, what? Have you not have houses where you can eat and drink in? Uh, is it that you don't have food in your houses? Why do you have to eat the food that we are trying to share together? You get what I'm saying? I don't know. In, in my culture, they told us that if we eat together in the same, in the same bowl, it brings love. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, they said that if you eat together, so 
when we were younger, they would not bring food. But he brought fight. He brought fight with him. They say, eat together, eat together. But when it's time for the meat, fights will start. And so where did he bring love? <laughs> so, but there's still a culture of eating together and he brings love. Are you getting what I'm saying? He brings that communion. So are you seeing the main essence? The main essence of their sharing the food together was not for them to just eat because they are hungry. It was simply for love's sake. We are a family. I remember there's a fellowship I used to attend a couple of years ago. We will eat. We will eat, then we will pray, we will study, because the woman just believes that eating is part of the Christian gathering. So every Wednesday we will eat, we will pray, we will study the word and we will sing. So everything was complete in the, in the fellowship. I used to be very happy. Sometimes I will have fasted and fasted, so I will just go, and go to that place and break my fast. I don't be waiting. God, please let it be food that I can eat to deal. Because sometimes whatever she decides to cook, that will eat. So I won't be praying, Lord, let it just be food that I can eat. It's not gonna be all this salad. I don't like salad. So, <laughs> so I'll be praying, you know. So, but it's just to share love. Are you getting it? It's just that communal graduate. Are you seeing it? So that's the function of a local church. So in those houses in the in the early church, what were they doing? So you see that in you see that in Acts two, it says they continue together in the apostles' doctrine, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. So that means they were doing everything. Do you notice something also in Acts six? That one of the problem of the church, the problem in Acts six was food, in the sense that people were not serving food rightly. And all of those things. So, what did, what did Peter do? Peter chose seven dikin. He told them, choose among you seven dikin to serve the food. Because they felt like the widows were being neglected and all of those things. What was that all about? It was because the church, what does the church do? The church is a communal gathering. You don't belong or attain the church. You belong to a place. And that is why there is a tradition that is missing in our, in our generation now. And it's a tradition of consistency. You see people having so many pastors online. That our, the older generation, I don't know, but I grew up with quite, some, with quite some people in the older generation that they were just very consistent. They know where they go, they know who is their pastor. But they didn't work. You have, some people have pastors on TikTok, some people have pastors on Facebook, some people have pastors on WhatsApp, some people have pastors on uh, Instagram, some people have pastors everywhere. They have, self, if you check their YouTube, several churches, and that's a confused life. You have to have a place, somewhere you are accountable to, someone who prays for you, somebody who believes God for you. You know, I tell people, I say, someone told me one day, say, that pastor is my pastor online. I say, ah, does the pastor know you? If the pastor is praying, can he mention your name in prayer? How is that your pastor? That can't be your pastor. That's, you are just a fan. He doesn't know you. The only place they will know you is where they see you. I don't know if I'm making sense this morning. So that was why, what did Peter do in Acts 6? He said, choose among you several men of honest reports, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, that you may appoint over this business. What's the business to serve food? 
So there was people that, you know that this was a server of food in the church. Hallelujah. So what was all of that for? In that tradition, in that custom, in that everything. The culture and that tradition was simply a love gathering. Because we are a family. That's why you will see also in Acts 4. They will share their land. Some people will sell their lands. They will come and give somebody. They will come and lay it at the apostles' feet so that there will be distribution. So it's like saying you have a car now. Somebody needs a house. And maybe you have two cars. You don't want to, yeah, there's nothing I'm doing with my second car. So you sell your car, you bring it to the church. What will the church do? The proceeds of that money, they will not give it to that person that needs a, a house, family. That was why. What happened with Ananias and Sapphira? He told a lie. Somebody will say, but is it but is their own property? No, look at look at where you missed it. It's not their own anymore. You know when you say we are a family, it's like saying, it's like saying your brothers and sisters that you are siblings, or maybe you are a twin, and you wear the same clothes together, you do everything together, and all of those things. And it's agreed that we are planned to do this together. You know the funniest thing about Ananias and Sapphira's story is such that it's their own property, yes, agreed. But you have already told the church that it is their own now. Then you now lied and say, ah, uh-uh. no, we don't want to give the church again. Why? And somebody, maybe some other people else needs it. So you are putting other people else at stake. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. In fact, it's proper historical people say they, they were not even members of the church, they were not even believers at all. Because it was believed that, in proper historical guide, it was believed that no believer would have done that at, at that time. Because if you look at the process from Acts to Acts 3, they seem to have that communal gathering. That's why, even in Acts 12, the, where were they? They were in somebody's house praying. Okay, go to Acts 12. Let me show you. Go to Acts 12. Look at Acts 12. Now, somebody say, why is all this history necessary? We are getting somewhere. Look at Acts 12. Acts 12. It says, but look at what it says in verse 5. It says, Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. But look at what now happened. When he got there, in verse 12, He says, and he had considered it, and he came to the house of Mary. So, what is that church they were praying? The house of Mary. He says, this house of Mary, the mother of John, whose son away, where many were gathered together, what? Praying. In that house, that community gathering. So, that means, when, so what were they trying to project? Let me tell you what they were trying to project. If we say we are in a house, and we are in a family, we are all a family. We share everything together. We believe together. Are you getting what I'm saying? We pray together. We will trust. If you are in a problem, we will see to it that this thing, you know, we will deal with it together. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just like in Art 1. Go to Art 1 also. Go to Art 1. I'm showing you what they were doing. The cause of what they were doing. In verse 13, it says, And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room. Now, this upper room now, now seems like a public space. So it's like saying, Let's leave our house. 
let's go to a public space like a synagogue. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let's now go and gather there. Just like how we do it in our tradition today. In our own tradition today now, it now seems like that public space now is our church. But does that stop us from that family gathering, even despite we're in a public space? Does that stop us? No. But what happens is that we don't see that communal gathering. So today now, because we don't, we are not in that house, we now feel like there is a disconnect. I don't know if you, are, if you are following me to this point, let me see your hands. Because we are not gathering at home. You know, imagine we prayed at home now. Maybe we met in somebody's house. We prayed in somebody's house. We studied the word in somebody's house. Then after the house, you know, the person will host us and cook, right? And we now play game. You know, we will see ourselves more like friends, like family. But when we now come to this public space, there's just a disconnect like, uh, mm. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. And you just want to run home. Because there is a disconnect of we are no more family again. I'm not following what I'm what I, my explanation this morning. So what has now happened with our generation today now? It now means that it's now making us feel like we are not family when we come to church. So a brother that will come, maybe even if he's a newcomer, or a sister that will come, maybe even if he's a newcomer. We still don't see the person welcomed in the family. But do you know that if a newcomer comes to your house, there's a way you will treat that newcomer. I don't even know what I'm saying. You even want to give the person more food. I've have had guests where your parents will give the person more food. And you wonder, mommy, why even me that I'm your child, you have not given me this kind of meat before. I don't even have experienced that thing before. Okay. So that is exactly how the local church should be. That's family. So now, I'll ask you a question. Do you have a family you belong to? That's a fa no, no, I'm not saying your, your natural family. Everybody comes from a family, obviously. But do you have a family that you belong to? Look at what happened with Peter. That family, they saw that something was happening with their pastor. But what did they do? He came to that house and the house was praying for him. The same thing happened also in Acts 4. When they persecuted them, where did they go? They went back home. They said they went to their company and reported all that the chief priest has done to them. Just like basically how a father would come home and say, ah, how was your day today? Eh, work was stressful. This, this is what they did to us. Yeah, let's pray. That was exactly what they did. But you see what is happening now today's world is because we are now in a public space, because we have to dress up, which you should, I mean, because we have to um, sit down, we have to play keyboard, we have to do everything, everything has to look posh, camera has to be there. It now looks as though there is now a disconnect. So it's now looking like we can't have a family guardian. That's why personally. Seemed, do you notice there's a culture we had in our we have in church such that we say, What did you learn after service? Share with one another. You know why I do that? Now I'm saying it for the first time. <laughs> I've not said it before. Do you know why I do that? I want you to be able to relate with somebody else. That's all. That's why sometimes I will tell you, look for somebody you have not talked to before and go and share with, with the person. I just want you to be able to relate with somebody else on because if it was that we were at home, we would have done it. 
Do you know? If we were meeting at home in a house, in like an unconventional place, we would have done that. But today now, because we have pulpit, we have SCC at our back, we have... Everybody's even feeling cold, you know? So it now feels like there is no family-oriented life, which it should not be. So are you seeing that? If we can address this, that disconnect of online church will not have been. I told you, there is not, I've always been saying it, I've been saying it for years. There is nothing like online church. It does not exist. No believer can fellowship and worship God online. It's not possible. That meeting, let me tell you what church is. Church is not a physical building. Mm -mm. We can turn this place after service to a party hall. We just have to carry the pulpit, carry everything, nothing. We just turned it to him. We've done party here before. We've eaten in this place before. Am I right? We've done... Are you getting what I'm saying? So, it's not the building that is the church. It's the gathering of people that is church. That is why it says, where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there. It can't be one person. Two people have to gather and say, this is church. You know, if we come today now, why, why is this looking like church? Because we started with opening prayer. Because we sang. Because I'm teaching right now. Now, if imagine you came to church and you sat down and before, before 10 a.m. And by 10 a.m., the person that just came and just said, All right, brethren, they just carried the pulpit away. Today, we want to play a game. Do you know that that's not church again? It's already now a gaming activity. Hope you know. Uh, that we gathered. Is it? So they were asking, what did you do in church? You did not, there was no service. <laughs> we went to play a game. That's all. Don't say there was service. Or imagine, we come to church on Sunday. Bro Tyler is playing a game. When I say today we are not watch, we are not preaching. We want to watch Bro Tyler's game live. So we just project the thing, and we watch them lose. <laughs> because I've not, they've not won a game now in the last. <laughs> we just, they just lose. So we're like, wow, our brother has lost <laughs> again. <laughs> We did not come. That's not church. Oh. We only came to watch a game. Are you getting what I'm saying? The activity of what we have done is church. So are you seeing that you cannot do that at home? Are you seeing it? That is it. So don't, don't because the word accepts something. See, let me tell you something. A million people can be wrong. The truth of God's word will always be right. That everybody is making it a norm does not make it right. That everybody has one pastor they are following online does not make it right. There has to be a stability among believers. This is my pastor. This is the person who is praying for me. Look at in Hebrews 13 verse 17. Look at, let's go there. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Let's go there. I want us to be there together. Hebrews 13 verse... Are you learning something this morning? 
So are you seeing the family life? I, I see. There's some places where I where I've been preaching for the past five years, every December. And that's because I grew up there. Let me tell you something. I grew up there. I was, I was called to ministry there. Every December, by, for the past five years, they just deem it fit to just be inviting me. Anytime I'm there, I tell them, this is what I tell you. I said, I don't need honorarium. Don't give me. Do you know why? I said, this is my family. I still hold a responsibility to this place. Sometimes they will say, ah, let's give you honorarium. Let's give you something. I say, if it is another place, I will collect it. But I cannot collect an honorarium from a place that trained me. Are you getting to one and say, I say, please, no, 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 no. This is my family. I say, ah, this is where this is where I received the call to ministry. I will show them. I say, this is the this is where I received the call to ministry. I'm not preaching here now. You now expect that I will collect money. I said, no. I said, I said, I'm going to preach this night in another place. That one I will collect. <laughs> because it's not my it's not my it's not my church. I'm only an invited guest. I said, but this one I cannot. Ah, lest I backslide. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at in Hebrews 13 verse 17. See what it says. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourself for the watch over your soul. An online pastor cannot do it. Who will give account for you? Look at what he says. He says, they must give account for you that they do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable to you. Look at look at that. Look at that scene. Is unprofitable. Can an online pastor who you doesn't know you Give account to you. Post, um, the writer of Hebrews says, it's unprofitable to you. Somebody must know you in the church. Even if the senior pastor does not know you. The cell leader must know you. Somebody must know you and he must be able to give account and say, ah, this brother, this sister. That's a family life. It's just like somebody coming to your father now and saying, who is, um, tell me, what about your daughter? And the person say, ah, which, I, don't, I don't have a daughter or I don't know which daughter you are talking about. None of your fathers will say that or your parents. Why? Because they know that they have a child. That is exactly how it is. That communal gathering. So you see now, what has happened to us is that we now see church as attendance. In our world today, I, just, I have to attend service, so I have to attend service. No. You don't attend a service. You belong to the family. If it's a, it's not like a, it's like saying, it's, it's already a part of you. So some people now they see church today, Sunday morning service now as laundry day, a day to rest. You see, if you had a responsibility, you won't see it that way. I tell someone, I told somebody one day, I said, this one you want to do laundry now again. I said, if you were the one, they told you, they gave you the sermon to preach, and you were going to preach to a thousand people. I said, would you do laundry today? The person said, no. I said, so why are you not doing laundry? Because you don't see a responsibility, a sense of responsibility. Church beyond attendance. In a family, what do they do? We treat the church... Now, we've said, we've broken. Now, look at what we have done. Follow me carefully. We are, we are trying to break a wall. What's that wall? We are trying to break a wall of meeting in, this, in a public space. Now, and we are saying, what would we have done if a thousand people is meeting at home? What would we have done? How would we treat it? You know that 
We will treat it as our family, right? You know, after that, everybody wants to pack everything and so that the family, the people that host us or the house that hosted us, so that they don't have too much or everybody wants to treat it as a family, right? Okay. So, number one, you will treat, where, where do you treat as a family? I'm not talking about your natural something to you. The church is where you treat as a family. That is, where, that is what the church is all about. Who are the people you call brother, sister? Who can pray for you? Who can stand with you? Who can believe God with you? See, listen, even material support. In fact, in church today, we have something we call the pastoral care where we, where we help people. You know, where as a church, we just, you know, we deem it, we say, okay, this person, we are there for people. Now, this is why, because it's a family. Anytime I'm meeting newcomers, I tell them, I say, if you need anything, as far as you are in this church, just let us know. We will work ourselves out to get it for you. Even though we don't have it, we will try our best. Why? It's a family. And a church must be treated that way. Even though it's a billion people, which we are going to reach one day. We're going to reach millions. Though we'll break into cells, we'll break into different smaller, smaller groups. But it always must be a family. There must, there must be like a church in that person's house, a church in this person's house, a church in this person's house. That's what we call cell groups today. Are you getting what I'm saying? And all of us, we are all one family. So it's like saying, we, like our church now in another city now, we cannot say because, we cannot say because you are in another city, you are not our family. Right? You are still our family. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. So, when, what is a church? A church is where you treat as a family. Tell your neighbor, say a church is where you treat as a family. So, number two, a church is where you break bread. What does breaking of bread we mean in our today's culture? You know, breaking of bread doesn't necessarily, in our today's world now, food is one of the best things that cause division the most. Hope you know. Oh, <laughs> I remember there was one church I was serving as a pastor. I, no, not, not a pastor, but I was just there as somebody. Ah, once there's a party like this, you will see believers. You'll be thinking, ah, sir, calm down. No! I will not calm down. Why would they cheat me? Why would they not give me this? You will see people fight because of food. And you'll be wondering, like, Paul, have you no have houses? <laughs> Where you can... So, that sharing things together. Let me tell you what, that breaking of bread in our today's world, it will mean they share things in common. What do we share in common? We share our faith in common. We share things. <laughs> it's not food now. Because, imagine, the kind of food I like now, Kayla, might not, Kayla will obviously not like it. Tyler will obviously not like the kind of food I like. So we, that cannot meet up now in our today's world. I used to get to what I say. That might even bring fight like this church is a racist. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Say, that church is too segregated. Everything is just jollof rice, jollof rice, jollof rice. Who told you we like pepper? <laughs> so you see that? That is a big problem, especially in our today's world. But do you see something? Look at something. Do you know that if we're in a family, if we're in a house, it will be easier to break that barrier. 
I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. Is that the way we go? We don't be asking one another, ah, what can you not? What can you? But instead of going through that journey, we better just segregate it and say, whoa, this is distraction. Let's focus on the main thing. So, what will that be the main thing? We share things together. That means if I don't have, I can meet you and say, ah, bro, sis, Alpha, please, you know? And you not say, no, you're a beggar. That's no. <laughs> I remember when I was in primary four, elementary school. I begged somebody for cocoa pops. <laughs> I will never forget. Laddie is his name. So if he watched this any day. And the guy said, No, you're a beggar. He? It is like saying they, they bath you with cold water. <laughs> I was like, E? On those cocoa pops. Go <laughs> water that you buy now, you're tired. You know life. So we share things together. Tell your neighbor, say we share things together. We are here for one another. Are you getting one another? See, listen, let me tell you something. Some of you that have known me for years, I have your back. I don't discuss my church members with my friends. I don't. I don't discuss the bad things that are going on. In the family, there will always be bad people. I was the black sheep of my own family, so uh, <laughs> there will always be issues. But I don't. That, that, and see, let me tell you something. You are the one that will make up your mind and say, "I don't want to be the black sheep of this family." <laughs> Hope you know. Oh, there's always there will always be different characters. That's why go and read the epistles very well. You actually, actually, the Corinthians church. Corinthians church. There was a brother sleeping with his father's wife. Imagine he was not in the church. How would they have excommunicated him? Because he would come to church and everybody in the church knew where he was there and he said, glory. <laughs> you know, I was sharing something with you on, on, on um, Wednesday. I told you there was this brother in our church where we were back. The brother was known for stealing. This brother, when he's coming, everybody would just say, keep your thing, keep your thing, keep your thing, keep your thing, keep your thing. Because the brother appears like the second coming of Christ. He doesn't come early, he doesn't come late, we don't know. He just appears and he's always with a bag. And he, he has issue with his head, so he's walking like this. So he's walking. Why should you just see him like this? Ah! Keep your thing. When my tab lost years ago, I told my mother, I said, they, they stole my tab in church. The first question my mother asked me is, was that brother in the church when he's... When I said, yes. I said, what does he have to do with it? He said, I know who has told you. He said, don't worry. I'll call you back. That's what my mother said. I don't know how. I think my mother went to call the pastor to call him. Three days later, me and the brother already planned where we will meet each other. And the brother gave me my tab. He's like, I help you keep it. And he said, Lyo, you stole the tab. The brother just gave me. So I just started looking at the brother like, Seven sister, the only time I see the brother, I'll just give you the money, sir. I was like, <laughs> I'll call Soji tonight and discuss it with him again. <laughs> the brother, I'm telling you, everybody knows me as a thief. And there's nothing the pastors could do. And they used, it was a church where they used to change pastors, change pastor, change pastor. All the pastors that came knew him. So don't be that brother. <laughs> 
I don't want to mention his name, so don't be that brother. <laughs> so number two, we said they share things together. Number three, they help one another. Say they help one another. So a church is where you where you minister and you supply. You supply things to them. You, a church is where you supply things. In Ephesians 4, 11, it says he gave some prophets, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the defining of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. Ephesians 4, 11 downwards. So the church is not where you attend. It is where you belong. Where you supply things. A church is where you go. So you don't attend it. You belong to it. And you minister to it. You supply to it. So I'll ask you a question. What do you supply to your family? And I'm not saying your physical family now. We're talking about supernatural community. Church. What do you supply? What do you supply to the family? How do you minister to the family? You know in a family, everyone is hands-on. How many of you came from a family where they got your back? How many of you? I did. I do. They got your back. Your parents, your siblings, they got... How many of you? I mean, I will lose my two hands. They got my own back. Ah, that is exactly how a family should be. We got one another's back. We don't just attend to it, we belong to it. And this is how I say it. I say, imagine everybody in church came late this morning. Who would have opened the door, the front door? Hope you know that we opened the front door. Who would have opened it? Because this front door belongs to us. There's, that door belongs to another church. The front, every door belongs to different people in this place. This one door belongs to us. So hope you know that if everybody has to come late, imagine the person that is opening the door came late this morning. All of us will be in the code. We just say there is no church today. So imagine you open the door. Ah, tell you that you are even feeling sleepy, that you don't want to come before you. Hey, thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> you just go back. We belong to it. We work hard at it. Ask yourself, if you are a good church member, if the way you are and the way you treat the church, if that is how they treat church, will the church be the way it is? Will the church spread around? Will the church grow? Those are questions you should ask yourself. Will the church move forward? Will things be in order? Those are questions you should ask yourself. I don't know about you, but I love the church. It's not just, it's not just supernatural community church. I love churches. I love the body of Christ. Even as a ministry, you can check out some. We give to ministries. We give to churches. This year again, we have given to a church. We give. Do you know why? I just, I mean, as far as you are a pastor, you are, you, as far as you belong to a church, we, we, I love you. You know why? I just see it as you have a sense of responsibility. You just, you are just different in my eyes. That's how I see you. So, a church is where you supply things. What do you supply? Materially? Spiritually? Do you pray for your church? Do you pray for every member of your church? Do you pray for your pastor? Do you pray for the members of your church? Do you pray for, it's just like before service today, did you pray that, ah, 
I'll be ministered to, the service will go decently and all that, things will go well. You know some people, they come to church, they are angry with the choir. That's because they don't pray. They are angry that the choir sang a song. Now, why is it going off key? That shows that God wants you to be a choir member. For you to be angry, because you know how to sing the right key, is a sign that God is calling you. <laughs> exactly. When people sang a song, like, Jesus is calling you. Yes! What you see, you know, there's, that, there's this thing that they see, teach you in motivational circles and business. That whatever you are angry at, whatever is your passion, it misses your. It's you that will find the solution for it. Yeah, I picked that example to church. You're just singing, ah, as they were singing, Hadanay! You know, so you are closing your eyes and see what you Hadanay! It just, ah, it shows you have to be there. <laughs> it shows that is exactly where you are called. Since you know how to sing the right key, just join them. So that we can know. The something I've been doing in church recently, I've been switching departments so that nobody will complain on anybody's department again. So everybody is testing each other's department every Tuesday. We'll just be seeing people singing, but God we sang. Does that song go? Does that song sang? Hey, 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 I'm, I'm hungry for the move of God. The way he's hungry, you know that he's really hungry. <laughs> you know that he's really hungry. <laughs> for I'm sure that he will never complain about choir again in his life. That's how it is. That is how it is. Me, I have worked in, there is no department I have not served before. So there is nothing you want to tell me that I don't know. So I can't complain. Is he choir? Is he? I learned how to play drums. Nobody taught me. I picked it because there was no drummer in our church some years ago. Pandemic, the drummer was not coming. You don't understand. Pandemic, who should be in church? Is it not the choir? Is it not the pastor? The choirs? The drummer was not coming during pandemic. Ah, so I had to drop on the drum. So at least everything will go well. And I started playing. And I got out of place that way. Nobody taught me I would just be playing, practicing, 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 practicing. And that was like, there was there's no department I'm not sure. Media, or I've carried wire, I've carried speaker, I've carried everything. All the speakers in church, I'm very involved in how they bought it because I have done it before. I serve as altar boy, standing in front of protocol, standing in front of the pastor before like this. The pastor is preaching, he's tapping me for example, the hand is paining me, I can't do anything. I'm just like this. There's nothing. I've swept shots. I've done everything. There's nothing I've not done. There's no. Tell me what department. Is it wash toilet? I've wa Do you know how many toilets I've washed in my life? <laughs> I've done everything. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it gives me a wide view. So these days, if anybody is singing, okay, I already understand. I just feel like, oh, something is wrong. Uh, give it time. But you, so in quiet, say, how do you know? You I'll go and try on that church next Sunday. Ah, what this? What this? I'm tired of all this off-key. No. A church is not like that. You will grow with the church. Hallelujah. It's a family. You cover our weakness. We cover one another's weakness. Hallelujah. You know in your family, you don't expose. In the black sheep of the family, you don't tell people. It's always known within the family. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Even if you tell somebody, you tell the person, you don't tell anybody. You. <laughs> 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Why? Because that is how the local church should be. The church is a family. So, you supply, to, what do you supply to the church? So, you say, ah, Diosha is just telling me, go and sit down in that place. And you are hungry. It shows you have to be an usher. Imagine you are an usher. Nobody will tell you to sit down in another place. <laughs> you will be the one telling people to sit down there. So, join the department. <laughs> you know you don't want to be told to sit in the place that you are hungry about. Join the department. Some say, the media, as I watch our YouTube, the pastor is just too black. He, he shows we need you there. So that you can come and tell us how we can be light-skinned. <laughs> it shows we need you there. Or you come to church, you see that the shares are dirty. Ah, Jesus is calling you to sanitation. Because we cover one another's weakness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We supply to it. Tell your neighbor, say you, we supply to it. So ask your neighbor, what are you supplying to the church? Number four. The church is where mentorship and leadership is provided. Mentorship and leadership is provided. Those who give us direction. Because if you just attend the church, let me tell you, the, let me, ah, I'm careful to say this. Let me tell you the fallacy or the problem of not being consistent in a place. It, it, it means you will not be orderly. Imagine now I say, as a church this week, we are praying for stability. We're just praying for our lives, praying for everything. And we say, guys, let's put our hearts to it. And listen, you heard it this morning. The church you are following online, they told you this week we are praying for our health. Maybe there's another church you now attend. They now tell you this week we are praying for our cars. We need cars. You know, that's not a balanced life. That's not. Mm -mm. Which one will you exactly pray? Which one will God answer? Who are you joining to pray it with? Are you getting what I'm saying? So, and these things, people don't like to hear. Me, I don't, me, nobody is paying me. <laughs> me, I will say the truth. Nobody, nobody likes to hear these things. Especially in our world today, people just want to think that they are right. No. See, orderliness, God is not an author of confusion. God wants you to be stable. And balance, and see, you can't have growth. You know, we said this 2024 is our year of growth. And white harvest for more and everything. You can't have growth without order and properness within your life. A local church is where you receive mentorship. Leadership is provided. Where they give you direction, they tell you, okay, you imagine they are praying for you about this. I imagine 10 million people are praying for you too. They are praying for you. They tell you, okay, this is what you should do. This imagine you, are, you belong to a family and you just come in one day and say, hi guys, I'm married. You not tell anybody, nobody knows. They say, hi guys, <laughs> take him. Nobody knows. Nobody even understands. Nobody even knows where you live. That's not so good. In church, we are, we are concerned. 
the concern is not to poke nose. It's not because we want to be curious. No, no. That, anybody that have that is a that's a bad one. It's just f concern. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, okay. Why not do this this way? Why not you know? Why not go this direction? Why not? I mean, and that's why you also have to submit to somebody to that is not stupid. <laughs> that we also lead you in the right direction. You get what I'm saying, you know. So a church is where we have mutual submission. I submit to you, you submit to me. You know, some of you correct me. Say, Pastor, that thing you say, don't use it as example again. It's not right. Because it's not my discipline. That's why I don't touch anything else in this world. My examples, it doesn't enter it. If I thought I enter it, I stay on the surface. I don't know it. And I don't want to. So sometimes I ask you, oh, okay, please. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? The church is where we have mutual submission. Submit to you, submit to me. We correct one another. So it's a guardian of family. We are actually responsible for one another. We are responsible for one another's well-being. When somebody is not feeling fine, you don't just say the power of God is working. Amen. No. We call you. We check up on you. Sometimes we can even bring provisions. We bring fruits. And you get to what I'm saying, guys. So say, hey, thank you, Lord Jesus. Next week's Sunday. <laughs> I'm not going to be feeling fine. Nobody will come. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I you get to what I'm saying. I mean, we'll check up on you. Hey, what's going on? It's not see we just say, you are healed. Stand up! No. After we see it, we will now, you know, we'll check on you. We are there. Maybe you're having an exam. Hey, let's help you out. Is there a way we can help you out in studying? Okay, let's do it. Even though we don't know it, but we'll just be praying with you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Maybe you're having an interview. And something, oh, you're believing God for this job. Okay, talk to the leadership. Ah, let's pray with you on this so that, you know, we, we are there for you. Good times, bad times. But some people, they just only come for you in bad times. Pastor, I just lost my mother. Wow. That's the only time they need you. But when it's good time, I have interview, I got a job. They don't remind, they go. They will just disappear. Ah-ah. Uh -uh. Tell anybody, say, change. <laughs> They don't, they don't remember, they don't, and some people, and see, that spirit of isolation, when you are going through issues, you don't want to tell somebody, is devilish. I've always told us, isolation, you know there's that spirit of when you are going through a problem, you don't want to share. What's going on? I'm fine. I'm just good. What's going on? Nothing. Nothing. Just be praying for me. It's cool. It's cool. It's not, it's not an issue. Ah, ah. You are a believer. Some of you have been born again for, some of you have been a Christian for how many years? You should not be acting like a child. Are we now witchcraft spirits that want to now inflict more pain on you? Are you getting what? If I thought you cannot share with people, share with people of faith. Because there are people of no faith too. <laughs> share with people of faith who will believe God with you. See, this is what I'm actually going I go through things. And I have people I share it with. That's why I have a pastor I submit under. I have friends that I'm accountable to. I have friends that we talk, we vet things together. We look at things again. Hey, I'm going through this, so pray with me. You know, this and I, I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Go pray with me. Go, let's, how do we undo this? That isolation spirit can never be of God. Just like this morning, I had like two, three sermons in my head to share. I just spoke to one of you this morning and the person said, 
That's why I think it's this way. It's one of you that determined this sermon this morning. I won't say I won't reveal it next week. It's one person in church that say, Pastor, I think this is the one. Because I had like several several things I was praying about, but I couldn't pick it very well. I want to just, you know. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we are here for one another. Tell your neighbor, say we are here for one another. What somebody say, say we are here for one another. Hallelujah. And those of you in our other churches who we still hear this sermon, we are here for one another. This is supernatural community church. We should, I have always taught us, learn to love people. Don't see anything that makes you hate anybody is not of God. Whether believers, non-believers, Muslim, whatever it is, don't hate anyone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is not the spirit you have. That's not the spirit you have. You can't hate people. So you have a duty to help one another what is wrong. So beyond attendance, we know everything. We want to know everything. So, church, like I told us, function both in people's homes and in public places. So in a church, in a family, we greet one another. That's why the scriptures we say, greet one another with an holy kiss. In our world today, you can't do that. But that only kiss was a courtesy. It's just like saying familiarity, greeting with familiarity. And our world today, we hug, we shake. Are you getting one another? Are you, are you getting me? That's how we now apply to our world. So, we can smile. Some people, they smile to them. What's funny? They say, what's funny? Usher's greeting, say, you're welcome. What's funny? And they are praying in tongues too. They are praying in tongues and greet. Uh uh-uh. They smile to you. What's funny? Somebody touch you and say, we share one another. Leave me alone. We share one another. We share, we share, we share, we share one another. Uh-uh. That's not the life now. <laughs> I, the Bible says he's a wicked man that had net his face. <laughs> Learn to smile. Learn to smile. No, no, you... Your face is just like rock. How are you? Fine. How's everything? Good. Hey. Smile. <laughs> this is the, the American culture that has that too. How are you doing? <laughs> Americans, is the American culture, the American culture has that, um, it's like an, a fake smile. They know how to do Hey, how are you doing? Hey, nice. You see somebody woman. Hi. <laughs> What's that? Hi. Hi. And they are angry that you said the hi you. The same person you say hi to. When you want to preach the gospel to the person, you say hi. And the same person I'm going to call police. <laughs> that this person, this person is disturbing me in this store. No, no. You get to smile. Tell your neighbor, say smile. Hey, we are in the church. <laughs> smile. So individuals are responsible for the functions of a church. So in a church, we have accountability and discipline. In a church, we have accountability. That means we are, you are responsible. Ah, we will, we will task you, we will discipline you if you do something wrong. Yes. They say, it's, it's true. They say, you are married now, you beat your wife or you beat your husband. We will not see. <laughs> 
Let me tell you what we'll do for you. We will beat you. That's our own discipline. Before we call police, you are married in a church, in, in supernatural, I don't know of other church, in supernatural community church, and you beat your wife or you beat your husband. You know it's both ways these days. We'll call you to panic. We'll just lock the door. We will beat you back. <laughs> then we'll now say 911. We have a case. <laughs> <laughs> That's discipline. You can't do so there's some things you can't do. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you are in a church. Hallelujah. In our church, we don't teach you to be lazy. You have to hey, work hard. You can still serve God in your working hard. I'll be now. Yes. I'll work hard. Don't be I do. Amen. So we have accountability. Just imagine the first Corinthian church brother. They did not discipline him. Hope you know that infection will spread around the church. Yes. Or maybe you we find you this you stole in Walmart. Before you they take you to the place that has no window. We will first deal with you ourselves. Ah, ah bro, come. After all the whole somebody said, let's say this together. Every Sunday, Greek word, Hebrew word, you still stole. You want my, we we'll, we'll tell the police, to, please, just give us 30 minutes. <laughs> Let's minister to him. <laughs> By this period. This is what I know. We will deal with you on that one. Ah, hello. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if you're in a church, you go beyond attendance. Hallelujah. So the church gives you spiritual training. The same way there is home training. You know there's something called home training. Right? Church gives you, there's something called church training to teach you and everything. How to respect people. You know, you know, in, you know as a Christian, you can't just see people and just say hello. Even if they are strangers, put courtesy. There's nothing stopping you from saying hello, sir, hello, ma. Are you getting what I'm saying? This put courtesy. Even your lecturers in school, your boss at work, hello, sir, hello, ma. They are, at least, don't just call people by name. It's just courtesy. Learn to have that decency of respect for people. People that are younger than you. There are people that are, that, are, that are older than that I call them sir. Not because they have anything more than me. Just respect. It's just, if I want to, if I've not spoken to anybody, if this is my first time speaking to you, if you chat me on WhatsApp or you chat me on any Facebook or, any, or anywhere and I've never spoken to you before and you just greet me, I will respect you. I'll say, good morning, sir. Good morning, ma. If I see that your name looks like a ma or a sir, I will give you their calling. It's now when I now know you, I will start getting into the sense of familiarity. I can say, okay. But I will give you that sense of respect. It's called training. And everyone must have that training. Then your neighbor say, have a training of respect. Training of respect. respect people. Respect. Uh, respect takes people to high places. So, hope you know. See, I will tell you stories later, not today. Church is a family. So church is not just a Sunday service meeting. Church is not an event center. Church is not a Sunday service. Church is actually Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Church is every day. Church is your life. Church is every day. Some people don't... You see, it's because we see it as that family life. That is why we now see it as... We, don't, we see it as an event center. Oh, I've come now. 
the next time I will come again is next Sunday. And even the Sunday, you did not stay, you raced out like demons. Like, grrr. We are still singing, you, you are gone. So you minister to the church, and the church is where your needs are ministered to. So what do you do? Number one, you attend service as I begin to close. What do you do in a church? You attend the service. Tell your neighbor, say you attend the service. service. Nothing is worse in a local church than your absence. That's the truth. See yourself. You know, I thought something last year and I said, you are very important in the church as much as I am. See your absence in church as, wow, something is wrong. It's like if I'm not in church, now everybody knows, ah, pastor is not in church, right? See your own absence as, ah, something is also wrong. Because we are holy family. See it as a responsibility. Hebrews 10 verse 25. Not forsaking the assemblies of believers. Their days have been sick. I've not been feeling fine. I will still come to service to preach. Because it's a responsibility. The only time you don't see me in service, I'm not in the country. I am not. I can't be in Rochester and not be here. Any day you don't see me, I just know I'm not in the country. Just know I am not in. I can't be within the United States and not be in this church. What will I be doing on a Sunday? Just know I'm not in the country. That's all. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just know that I'm not in. Because it's a responsibility. It's a life. So nothing is worse as your attendance. Church is beyond attendance. So you have to create the time because we are a family. Some people, we don't even see them. Do you even pray for the church? Do you belong? We say, join a cell meeting. Some people say, what's a cell meeting? Some people don't even know. Some people don't even know the department that is in the church. That's not good. That's not good. Ask questions, at least. Join. See, there's no way I've gone to, and you can ask people that I've served as a church that my impact is not there. Because even if I'm not the pastor, the way I will walk, you will know that somebody was there. That's me. You know, the way, even if it's the two days that I will spend in that place, two Sundays, you will feel my impact. I, even if there was a church I went for that I just attended just once. If, I remember when I was, before, I, before we started church, I went to a city. And because I just went to retreat there and pray for like a couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe like two, three weeks. That two, three weeks, by the time I was leaving, the pastor said, ah, why are you going? I said, ah, I didn't, this is not my choice. He said, ah, he said, ah, let us pray for you. The entire church prayed. Why? Because they saw the impact. I never missed this. And they would do, they used to call something morning mass. It was like a Bible seminar. They would do it like 6.45 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. before people go to work. I, would, I did not miss any. They will still do another evening one, 7.30 p.m. I was there every time. Saturday, when they wanted to wash the church, they said they wanted to clean the church and everything. I was there. I carried my broom. I was sweeping with them. I was not my own. That's the church. If everybody was wondering, ah, do you really have to go back? I said, hey. <laughs> you are who? <laughs> I'm good. Are you getting what I'm saying? My impact must be there. Acts everywhere. Everywhere I've been. There is no body that will not tell you that, ah, Ayobensi did not serve you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let it be that. Prayer meetings, Bible seminars, cell groups. If I told you, you can't come on a Tuesday. We have cell groups. 
join one. We understand the complexity of the country we are in. Are you getting what I'm saying? Join a cell group. See to it that at least, you know there are some people that if they don't come for service, they would go and look for the message. Be that believer. Not that, eh, what did they teach last week? Not concerned me, John. No. Number two, join the ministry in the church. Just like I'm saying. Join the ministry. Heart 8 verse 4. Everyone was involved. Every week, do you wish out to the unsaved? Church is not just on Sunday. It is every day of the week. Do you reach out to the unsaved? Do you talk to people about Jesus? Do you tell them? Number four, three, invite people to your church. Tell your neighbor, say, invite people to your church. You know, church is a family. In Jesus' disciples, history has it to be that 60% of Jesus' disciples were like his family. James, John, they were brothers and sisters. They said Judas was even like his cousin. Yes. A lot of those, all of them, they will come like you are. Do people around you know that you belong somewhere? But everybody around you know your club. Everybody around you know your best food. Everybody around you know the kind of clothes you like. Everybody around you know. Do people around you, are you proud of your church? Do you post your church online? Do you do? But you see other believers, they are posting their church. You don't because I moved Don't be like that. Invite people to your church. Some have never shared the gospel with those they are living with. So church is not on Sunday. Are you seeing it? Church is every day of your life. As I begin to grow. Do you not see that? Barnabas invited Saul to the church. Play for me. Barnabas invited Saul. It was Barnabas that spoke good about Paul to the church. And that's how they were able to accept him as a Christian. Do people hear you? Have you? Has anybody? Is, does anybody? See. You can't be on my WhatsApp for too long and not know who my pastor is. You can't be on my WhatsApp for one month and not be know who my pastor is. And not know what I represent. Hallelujah. Because that is my life. Be a good ambassador of your church. That's the fourth one. Fill your surroundings with responsibility. So church is beyond attendance. Church is beyond a Sunday service, a Tuesday service. Church is every day of your life. So, church is a family. We carry out responsibilities in your family, in the family. When you're in the church, don't just walk out of the service and just dash out just like that. No. We want to do everything. We want to pray with you. We want to see that your life is better. Some people only go to church so that their problems will be solved. It's beyond that. Will your problems be solved in the church? Yes, but it's beyond that. We want to be involved. Okay, we want to be there to teach you how to maintain the miracle you have received. So, we've had people come here, they will receive healing. They will go. That's fine. But we want to also teach you how that healing can remain permanent. Hallelujah. Church is beyond that. Church is beyond the Sunday service. We call this church or beyond church attendance. So I expect a change from us this morning. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's be on our feet and let's just pray. Let your heart burn as I speak. Let your heart burn. Some of you, there will be areas the Lord will correct you on this morning. Let your heart burn within you. Pray in the Holy Ghost.
let your heart burn let your heart burn for more let your heart burn for more for more for more let your heart burn let your heart burn lift your voice and pray church is beyond attendance whatever came to you in this morning service pray about it things you have to change things you have to repent on pray pray in the holy ghost pray in the holy ghost pray in the holy ghost one pastor one church one local church it keeps your life in order pray in the holy ghost make up your mind to be stable this year pray in the holy ghost church beyond attendance Thank you, Lord. Use your hands and just bless him this morning. Bless him. Thank him this morning.